Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Fly ball, deep right field. That ball is out of here. A three-run shot for the ex-Philly. That breaks up the no-hitter and gets the Tigers on the board. There you go. Home run call of the day. Nick Maton goes deep. Dan Dickerson on the call. Congratulations to Dan for the home run call of the day. Everyone, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Get part of the cause. Get part of the revolution. Baseball isn't boring. We got a lot of great stuff coming up this week. And in case you missed it yesterday, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Paps, power rankings, revolutionizing power rankings, and the origins of Kevin Cash getting the raise job. The best team in baseball. How do they find the manager? Well, there you go. Never heard before stories from Kevin Cash. That's what you get at Baseball Isn't Boring. And today what you get at Baseball Isn't Boring is an in-depth look into one of the mysteries of baseball. It's, it's like a true crime podcast, sort of. Not really. But it is an in-depth look into how the heck the Rays managed to keep finding these pitchers and to keep pitching well. That's what we set out to find out. And the people we turned it to, we turned to, two excellent, excellent sources of information, A, pitching coach Kyle Snyder, the Rays, and B, a newly acquired guy, Jake Diekman, who's been in seven organizations now and had some fascinating insight into his perception of his new team and how it's so different. So first we're going to give you 
Kyle Snyder, pitching coach, Tampa Bay Rays, been there a long, long time alongside Kevin Cash. He, you're going to want to listen to this because you talk about a smart guy who has a very, very unique perspective of a very, very unique pitching program. That's what you're going to get right here. And then you're going to get Deekman right after him. So hope everyone's well. Hope everyone's having a great week. At BB isn't boring. Go to the social accounts, buy the t-shirts, buy the gear, buy the hoodies. Also, some good stuff with the book-related items with The Godfather, Joe Kelly, coming up a little bit later this week. But right now, Kyle Snyder, followed by Jake Diekman. All right, a guy who I still have the image of walking off a plane in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, Kyle, I, I honestly still have that photo in, when you know how sometimes you go through your your computer and you're like, oh man, here's a group of photos that I didn't know right. I had. For whatever reason, when I get off the plane in Japan in 2008, like that was the photo I took of you. <laughs> I remember it. I remember it. My hair was a lot longer than it is now. Um, I think I had the tan overcoat on. That's that's true. That's right. And there was and, and there. It wasn't a lot of smiles on anybody's face. It's yeah, all it's, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's always good to catch up with you. And um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about you know I've talked to a few people. I talked to Heim. I talked to Jake Diekman. And and really like the consensus is like the, the everyone says. Let me make this clear. There is no secret sauce, right? And when we say secret sauce to the Rays pitching philosophy, I I think it, it there's. Things that you guys do, but there's not like, oh, you know what, we got this secret thing that nobody knows. I mean, what it comes back to, and I'm not going to put, I'll let you say this, but what it comes back to, a lot of this is simplicity, right? Very much so. Yeah. So, so I'll just say what, you know, Jake Diegman had saw, talked about, other guys had talked about, that you guys do a really good job at this pounding home, it's okay to throw the ball off the plate. Yep. And so am, am, am I being too simplistic about no. that? Okay. No. So t- talk to me a little bit about how that, I don't want to say came about, first of all, how that became prioritized. It seems like stupid, like, oh, yeah, throw those, how that came about. But also, you know, how you guys have evolved in terms of getting the message, because that's another part of this. Right. Putting in their head and they're like, oh, my goodness, yeah, I believe that. Well, I, I think the first thing starts with understanding the cost of a ball before two strikes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the math bears it out. Information's been part of baseball forever. Um, and doing our best to leverage that, leverage count control, maintain unpredictability, um, and not necessarily trying to receive the ball on the corners as a catcher or focus on throwing to the corners as a pitcher um, is something that we've we've really tried to bring context to to the player. Mm-hmm. All right. So how often do they get victimized? Um, you know, how good is your command? You know, and you know, are you able to actually locate the ball on the periphery of the strike zone? Um, certain guys are. You know, Zach Eflin. You know, arguably one of the better uh, command pitchers in baseball, uh, and by our internal information, we had him as the best in in the 80 or so innings that he pitched last year for Philadelphia, which was part of the reason uh, both of our organizations mm-hmm. had some interest in mm-hmm. him. You know, but uh, the vast majority of guys in today's style of the game. Uh, is you'd rather not be perfect with your execution. You'd rather just make sure it's a strike. 
and then you'd rather just focus on improving your overall arsenal, mm. which nowadays with modern initiatives, you know, we have things that are able we're able to measure and bring objective feedback to the player almost immediately um, and it gives us an opportunity to improve their overall stuff the size of their stuff but still focus on the simplicity of count control and and understanding that the cost of the ball means a lot more than they probably think so there's a lot to get to but one of the things is you play the game you were a pitcher and and you came up as a pitcher understanding this is I should throw the ball but also and I talked about Jake about this you're also told hey listen in the major leagues you got to paint your you put paint your spot right? right because everyone can hit a ball over the plate so for when for you when did that evolve to the point of hey I'm seeing that it's more important to throw the ball over the plate and trust your stuff uh, I, I guess when my coaching career started, but probably not immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was cutting my teeth early on, trying to kind of figure out what information was usable, what I could distill down, what was easier to message so that the player was able to put it into practice. You know, but through reps and through time, and then, you know, my three years that I spent in Durham and uh, our, our AAA affiliate, uh, I really just started to notice the importance of... Um, you know, not being too fine. There's kind of a passive mentality to being perfect with your location as opposed to a bit more of an aggressive mentality and, and organizing your body kind of just comes with that more powerfully. And then the stuff has a chance to actually grow a little bit because we're not too focused on hitting a perfect location. Mm. Um, so when you combine a lot of those things and then the talent that's come through the system and the talent that we've been able to acquire over my time here, it's really, you know, it's been pretty stark in terms of just the importance of it um, and really you know combining that with the importance of, of of the messaging and understanding the player that you're talking to and and taking the time to get to know them both on the field and off is mm-hmm. probably one of the better ways to to earn respect of the player that you get a chance to work with but it also helps fine-tune your approach with them mm-hmm. um, the information is all over the place now. Mm-hmm. But figuring out, like, it's one thing if I can understand it at a very in-depth level, but I need to figure out how to communicate it on a very simplistic level so that they're not overanalyzing things and uh, there's just a one cue or trigger so for them to go to um, when they're trying to focus on, you know, optimizing their stuff and putting it to work uh, to the best of their ability. Well, you touched on it. Communication in this game is more important than ever, and we focus so much on the delivery of analytics to the players and, yep. and having that but really what you're talking about and, and what I've heard is that you guys have a really good um, skill of getting that simplistic thing into their head and I'll just repeat what Jake said Said, sure I've been told this before but it didn't hit like it did until I got here Talk a little bit about that message and how maybe even that has evolved in terms of getting that across to new players. Well, I, I, I mean, the context matters, right? Bringing something that, that supports the message that you're bringing. Um, how often are these guys being victimized early in the count? Generally, that's a pretty 
aha moment to them. <laughs> they don't. They, they think it's far more often than than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And then that is step one generally. And then you continue to just kind of let things unfold from there. But there's big confidence instillment, you know, that occurs with a lot of these pitchers when they realize they're not victimized nearly as often as they think they are mm-hmm. in the count. Certainly in an effort to control the count and recognizing that on base percentage between 0-1 and 1-0 is, is roughly a 220-point gap and has been for the last 70 years. Mm. You know, so it's like it's a pretty consistent over time. You know, everybody values um, at this point in time, just given the, you know, the importance of information in today's game, sample size. Sample size so that you can draw some, some pretty hefty conclusions from some of that stuff. But, you know, the messaging and distilling it down is just part of, you know, what we've done here. And I think over time we've benefited from the reps, myself, Chad Matola, you know, just understanding the players that, you know, that we that we get a chance to work with. Um, it's fine if we take the deep dives, mm-hmm. but let's make sure that those deep dives, when they're actually communicated to the player, are in a very simplistic nature. Because people like anecdotes and people like examples. Can you give me a good one? Can you give me one that like jumps out at you and says, hey, you know what? We saw this guy, maybe he was dancing around the strike zone, and he came here, and, and listen, I'm not asking you to take credit for it, but this is like, this is a credit for that, what that play, whoever the player is, that they embraced it and took sure. off. Um, it, zone rates versus actual strike rates. Mm-hmm. What would... What is a strike and what's not a strike? Not whether or not it's something that's been fouled off. Not, not, not whether or not it was something that the pitcher framed well and the umpire called it a strike, even though it probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at stuff like that and understanding that, like, um, I'll use uh, Robert Stevenson as an example. Mm-hmm. He, he's a tremendous guy early in the count. You know, he fills the strike zone. And then he probably goes to the periphery a little sooner than he should, you know, ra- rather than doing that once he gets to two strikes. So it's been a bit of a message for him. Um, you know, but generally, like, if you bring something to a player that maybe they haven't heard or been exposed to in the past or in a, in, in a manner in which we may bring it to them, mm-hmm. um, if they go out and have success pretty early on and hit the ground running, then that message becomes that much more powerful, <laughs> right? So those are the things that we really do our best to try to hit on in, in confidence instillment. Um, you know, but simply looking at a player like him whose zone rates were um, were better than the overall walk rate would suggest, and, and you know, taking a shot on a guy that's got plus stuff. Uh, I think it, he's third in baseball and, and, and called strikes and whiffs. Um, you know, in terms of relievers with 15 innings pitched or more, and um, those are the guys that we generally feel like we can probably help improve and, and help improve in short order. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's you know that's a, a, good fair, one. a fairly current no, one. You that's know, a good and, one. Um, but that's not it's not too different than some of the other guys that we brought in that you know that we, we've tried to we've tried to message on a similar level mm-hmm. to to see if we can help them optimize their skill set so with the understanding that you know eric makes the transactional decisions and but you know they come to you and for you it's not i understand that this isn't just a cookie cutter they're good at this we're going to acquire that but when they come to you with a guy like that is there something you, or, or a, a couple things that you immediately look at? Um, because they say, hey, wait, this guy with a five-something ERA, but we're really interested in him. 
what do you think? Are there a couple things you immediately jump to? Are they doing that? Are they not doing that? Some of what I've just shared, yeah. you know, just in terms of sprinting the two strikes because we do a good job of controlling the count from pitch one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you went back to 2016, uh, Brent Strom, a uh, mentor of mine, pitching coach that I had in Kansas City, uh, the best pitching coach in baseball, if you ask me. And, and, you know, I think in 2016, catchers moved more 0-1 than almost any other count. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was something that I took away from uh, a particular conference I attended that he spoke, and, and it really resonated with me, you know, why not sprint to the second strike and then really give ourselves an opportunity to suppress hard contact and give ourselves the best chance at you know a chase out of the zone um it may not always end up as a you know as a swing and miss if they chase it out of the zone but it gives you a better chance of softer contact and a chance to get the guy out um if we do in fact get to two strikes a lot sooner than, than otherwise and you know that really kind of stands out to me and then i'll take a peek at a few other things that are beneath the surface you know era is not a really great um it's yeah. well it's just it's, it's no just, it's not know, especially for relievers I right know that, you know yeah. i mean there's just well there's, there's so many other things that we can out and actually like what's your favorite give me so that's give me your favorite stats um i walks and strikeouts <laughs> are pretty predictive yeah, in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know future performance but you know um you know batting average of balls in play what we didn't know or understand or didn't have something to bring context to left to chance mm-hmm. is now batting average on balls in play mm-hmm. right you know i mean uh there's sometimes very little you can do about suppressing hard contact and balls just finding holes and you're going to give up runs but if you don't walk guys and you achieve a high level of swing and miss generally you're going to be able to suppress some of the damage that, mm-hmm. that, that might occur on a, on a day like that um but definitely walks and strikeouts are, are things that that I pay fairly close attention to because the pitcher has a lot of control over that, mm-hmm. right? You know, and not issuing free passes, not beating ourselves, forcing the opposing team to hit, uh, and, and generally, like, just really trusting our stuff. But I was told to trust my stuff when when I started playing my professional career yeah. in 1999, but I was never really given any context <laughs> as to why. Well, and that's important, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, do, I do feel like that's that's probably been one of the bigger things that, you know that has driven the success that this organization even long before my time here has had um you know on on the run suppression side of things and in and, and the pitching performance have you noticed the shifts or lack thereof or you know relevant adjustments because it's still a little bit shifting but have you noticed that come into play at all in the term like obviously when you want to throw the ball over the plate it it, it it helps where if you can shift and you know have a good idea where it's going. Sure. Um, now the results this year would suggest I know the answer to the question, which it hasn't had that much impact. Right. But you take a deeper dive. What what is has it impacted anything at all? I would agree with you. Okay. Uh, I would agree with you that you know uh, you know there's limits to the shifts now, but um, what we're doing is putting a lot of a lot more athleticism on display as well. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not still there, even though that we're shifting. There's not like these you know huge gaps you know not the benefit of the guys that hit the ball really hard on the ground have seen you know higher averages as a result which i think most people kind of thought was going to be the case um but it's literally like you see a guy an inch from 
up the middle. That's you know? right. And I think that that's where I think when it started, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be like Little League, you know? Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It certainly has not been the no. case. And, and I'm privileged enough to, to, to watch, you know, a game after game, you know, with arguably the best defense, you know, in baseball uh, on display every night. And that in and of itself. And, and, and generally, we've been, you know, at the top of the league in terms of defensive runs saved. And um, it gives us, it gives our, you know, you should listen to some of the advanced meetings I have and in, in, in trying to instill more confidence in these guys to be willing to get hit before two strikes, given, you know, um, you know how, how impressive our oh, defense is. Well, that's another behind. big part of this equation, right? No question having, about it. Having the guys do to feel the ball. So. It, 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 you combine that with the fact that over the course of their career, not even pitching with this defense behind them, they've still not victimized as much as they think. And then you you know you couple that with mm-hmm. you know the defense that we do have, and, and generally that's uh, that, that's big for confidence and still. Is it cool to come back to sort of like the perception around the league of players? Is it cool for a player to come in? And, and almost have that boost of confidence. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, I just found out a guy for the Red Sox, Ryan Brazier, was just picked up by the Dodgers. If you go on Twitter, everyone's, like, putting up pictures of, this is Mariano Rivera by... You right, know, sure, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, But, yeah. but you know, that, that's an example. Like, it must be cool for you, for guys to come and say, hey... I'm, I'm an open book. I know because not only do they see the individual results, but they've seen the team results. That must be a cool thing. It's a cool thing, but I think it's something that our organization really takes a lot of pride in, right? You know, and we want that track record to remain. You know, I is it cool for me personally? You know, it's just kind of part of the job and... and you know, we do it as often as about anybody does. We use as many pitchers as anybody does. And, you know, there's been a bit of a revolving door the, the first couple of months of this season as well. But recognizing that there's not a guy here that doesn't have the talent to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're really good at evaluating, you know, pitchers um, better than we are, in my opinion, at, at, at taking them and, and, and developing them and unlocking something that, that, that might boost their career. And that's another thing for me that you know is pretty powerful if I say to a player if you're here you are really good (laughs) you know and it's just I I do my best to leverage a lot of the things that this organization has done exceptionally well since Stu took over the club in 2005 um, and put you know the leadership in place that they've had Um, you know but I think a lot of us take a lot of pride in the fact that you know you bring some players in here and and they automatically have a little bit of a boost of confidence knowing that they have a chance to improve uh, just because of historically the players that have come through here and done that have you guys adjusted? One of the things is a challenge is being good and then understanding how long the season is and getting to the postseason. You guys made the World Series. That's a feather in your cap, you know. But there is that challenge, of, and you've hit some bumps in the road when it has come to October. Has that evolved at all in terms of how you guys are mapping that out in terms of getting to October and succeeding in October? Well, it's, it's definitely something that we know that we need to improve on, you know. Um, it's not performed in October um, you know getting there is obviously still the important part of it mm-hmm. right you know but um, not just relying on you know uh, the notion that the hot team is the team that ultimately wins in October yeah. like we have to literally we have to literally just 
you know, we got to look inward and, and, and make sure that we're doing what we got to do once, if and when that opportunity arises again this year, um, and, and, and just do a better job executing. Mm-hmm. Kevin and I both realize that, and um, all the teams that reach October are good. They're good ball clubs, right. man. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so. I think going forward, if we're able, if we're benefit or lucky enough to be able to get there again this year, I think we're going to take on uh, that much more. Uh, uh, just educate ourselves just from what we've done in the past and make sure that we're not making some similar mistakes. So what? And, what is that? Like, I mean, you don't have to get into secret sauce. Or no, but like you know, putting position, putting players in positions to be successful in okay. October the same way that we do in in the regular season. Okay. You know, we're certainly as creative as anybody, um, and I think you got to be as much now as ever in October. Um, you know, you go back to Tito using Andrew Miller the way that he did. Oh, sure. You know, as a fireman five years ago, and that really, six years ago, that really kind of caught on and gained some traction and, and making sure that you're getting uh, the big outs when, you know, the big part of the lineup's at the plate. And if there's traffic and the game is potentially could be won or lost in the sixth inning, you know, those are things that we've obviously left as well but you know maybe there's some more things there that that we can do to better prepare our players um, you know when that time comes what's it like to be a pitching coach go to a mound the mound I mean <laughs> like, like to, when you go to the mound like I, again the things that I have never done in my life I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, it, you, maybe I, I'll write a book like you wrote one, uh, yeah, Art of the Mound yeah, Vision, yeah. when well, I'm done with that's my a, career. That's a sequel. Like, so, <laughs> uh, but it's it's. Uh, but it is like it's. You, I know that every situation is different. I totally sure. understand that. But it is, and I know that sometimes you're buying time. Sometimes you're sure. whatever it is. But it's it. I guess what maybe a, a very small part of the question is is it is. How, what percentage of it is, I see this guy's not lifting his leg quite the right way, or I see this, and, and I, can, I know the guy well enough, so it's worth making this tweak, because mount visits are valuable, right? Right, yep, and so it's, five, it, yep. Yeah, so it's, it's worth making that tweak. What percentage of, of your visits are that, that you see something little even few, a little bit few few yeah um and generally like if i'm out on the mound visit i got 30 seconds i'll go to a trigger or a cue with a guy that we have that might have you know that might tie into his delivery but i'm probably not going to get too technical about something that's a bit amiss right mm-hmm. in, in terms of their delivery all of the visits are very encouraging mm-hmm. some of them are strategic in nature but that might be 10 of the 30 seconds i'm afforded um but it's always encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's always finding a way to message something to instill a little bit more confidence in <laughs> it's them. It's funny you say that, though, because I you just came from um, Arizona, and your mentor <laughs> takes a little bit different approach. That's fair. No, but, yeah. but it's, 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 I think everyone, you can't be someone you're not, right? That's right. Right? And so, and, and I think that also, I'm talking about Brent Strong. Right. You know, like, there's like f flying sure. at the guy. But I think that that's probably, everybody has their own personality and their approach to doing it, but the, that's right. obviously, you know, I, which is, I found interesting, right? Yep. And, I'm, and encouraging, too, because we can't be someone we're not. That's exactly right. Yeah. And we certainly never ask a player to come in here and not be themselves as well. Yeah. So, understanding that, um, you know, Gary Tuck was somebody that when I took this position, I reached out for some counsel with, and, you know, so my off-season trips really respond by conversations that I had with Gary, who was my bullpen coach when I was here, and, um, 
and he told me something that still resonates with me to this day and it's part of the reason why I do make the trips that I make. And if you're in their living room in January and you got to go out there and tell them the truth on a mound visit in May, one thing they can't share with you is that you don't care. You know, so at the end of the day, and I'm not saying all my mound visits are super uplifting and encouraging. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be honest, right, in that instance, and and being honest in that instance, and trying to get the most out of them, or you know, try to pull their head out of their rear. You know, sometimes that's important, but at the end of the day, they're going to know that you're out there and you give a shit. Yeah, your, yeah, your your approach is, I like you personally. I really respect your opinion. Can you do a little bit better? That's exactly <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And, and and maybe here's a thing or two that might help yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. All right. So, um, you know, but they're all different. You know, there's a lot of psychology that factors into them. Yeah, I love Um, psychology. You know, and it, yeah, it is. And in in today's game, it's probably more important than before, right? I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that these players nowadays need. And I'll tell you one thing, like, that that I've noticed, at least in my my six years here, a little bit of encouragement goes a long ways, man. Mm -hmm. It really does. And and not all feedback needs to be critical. Um, you need to be honest with these guys, you know, but there's ways to message it so that it doesn't come across as critical. Um, and it generally gives you uh, the best opportunity to get the most out of them. Well, that's the, this has been the best podcast we've done all week. You're, you're awesome. I doubt that, man. <laughs> well, Thank you. the only one we can juxtapose is Papelbon. It was just yesterday, so. Well, that's fair. You win. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks so yeah, much. My pleasure, Rob. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Outstanding stuff from Kyle Snyder. I hope that you are more educated, more entertained, and just have a better grasp of what the heck is going on with the Tampa Bay Rays and their pitchers. Speaking of Tampa Bay Rays pitchers, as promised, Jake Diekman, a guy who was let go, as he said in his podcast, fired for the first time in his life from the Chicago White Sox, but lands with the Rays. Of all the places you want to land... As a pitcher, it is probably with a raise. So he gives you, Jake Diekman gives you the perspective, which I think a lot of us would like to hear from. A lot of us would like to understand what it's like to just have be a pitcher that the raise identify and then all of a sudden just drop in and then all of a sudden just fix. Jake Diekman gives you that perspective. All right, here you go. Once again, at BB isn't boring. Subscribe, rate, review, listen, all of it. Here's Diekman. I know people say, like, oh, they must have, like, a crazy, like, pitching lab or hitting performance lab. Or, but they have the same stuff as everyone else. Um, I think they're just super confident in the way they, like, either teach it or voice it to you. Um, like, they, as a pitcher, I can only speak of, um, there, you wouldn't be here if they didn't think you had, like, plus stuff. Right. Um, 
And then they just ingrain it in your head. Throw it for a strike all the time. Like, and I feel like that's the biggest thing. I don't know, like, everyone thinks they have like secret sauce and stuff over here, but they just believe in the players that they have like in the building. Um, yeah, that's basically it's, it. It's, so you just hit a couple things. Um, number one, it is so true that they identify guys, they see something in you, right? Like you either have like an elite, like one pitch or like your metrics on whatever are like off the chart or like... Yeah. And then the other thing is, it's so simplistic to say. I've heard this before. I was talking to Haim about this the other day. He said it was throw strikes like this. Look at the mitt, throw and throw. You have like what eighteen inches? Yeah. Throw it over that thing. Yeah. And again, and over the long term of like six month season. You're, yeah. I mean, yes, you. Might get rocked the first couple times you do it, or like the first month. But overall, like baseball is a season of averages, and if you can understand like the philosophy that they're trying to accomplish here, then is it when you got here? Did you feel like that? Do you like okay? Where's the secret sauce? Or uh, no, but everyone asked. Like, you gotta find <laughs> sorry, out what's going on. Sorry, sorry to do that to you again. So. Um, no, everyone was just like, you gotta figure out what they're doing out over there. Um, but no, they just believe in the 26 to 40 guys that they have in the organization. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the biggest thing. And whatever you're good at or excel at, if that's a heater in the zone or a curveball, changeup, whatever, like that's what they, they're like, just throw it over that little white thing out there. I mean, I guess this might be a stupid question, but haven't, haven't like teams done this in the past? 100%. But... I don't know. It's just different. It's the, it would be fair to say it's the emphasis of it. Yeah, like I mean, they can give you all the information in the world. I think any team. There's probably a few that like can't that are probably super old school still ish. Um, but I mean if you want information I feel like any team would give you information it's like the thought process and like the like confidence that every like everyone here shows in what like you have to just throw it over that white plate down there and good things will happen you haven't been here a long time but like what you're talking about for me is like powerful like the message is powerful was it like was it right out of the gate was it that was it something Kyle said or something somebody said and you're sort of like ooh yeah I mean for the most part like for the most part pitching wise 
I'm throwing like everyone in the same bucket, but they're all gonna like sort of say the same thing. Mm. Might like the verbiage might be different. You know what I'm saying? They might be like, "Oh, you're flying open," or like, "Stay back a little bit." Or, but like the little cues of how they say stuff mm. might resonate like different. Mm. Um, then honestly, just like going back to like the confidence of every coach in the room to the actual player, like and reinforcing like, hey, if you just throw it over the plate, you will not get hit. Like, you know, like I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like for the most part in my career, if I've ever been hurt, I hurt myself by walking people. They're like, just throw it over the plate. Like, they won't make good contact. They might, but like on a huge sample size, like six month season, they won't. Like, that type of like philosophy is, I think, the biggest thing. It, it's, it's funny because the, and you probably you brought up this way, which is, oh, you get to the major leagues, everyone can hit that slider, everyone can hit that fastball, so you better be able to hit that spot. And I think that what you're saying is that we've we've started probably gone too far that way, right? Uh, yeah, like every guy that's up here is very, very good. Like, very, very talented. So, it took me two and a half hours to do one yesterday. But they don't realize how talented they are sometimes, I guess, is what you're saying. 100%. Uh, I do them them a lot, so... You might not throw 100. You might throw 90, but it's from a funky arm slot. Mm -hmm. Like... It looks like it's rising towards the head of the floor. There's just so many different ways to get hitters out. Where you don't need like the prototypical, like, oh, I'm going to throw 100. Or like, Duran was hitting 105 yesterday. Like, is that unbelievable? 100%. He's like an anomaly. There's not many people that ever can do that. But like, you can figure out like your niche and like throw it over the plate and good things like that. Hmm. The last thing is, is sort of like we come back to it is at, at the place that we ha- are in baseball and the perception of the race of all the of all the compliments and things that like oh like we signed you we identified you being identified by this organization is probably like one of the biggest feathers in the cap right because they like hey you know what you're good you know I don't know if it feels that way or not. I mean, like, if you are struggling as a pitcher, then, like, when they called, I was like, yes, perfect. It's like a broken toy, like, rehab center. But yeah, you just see what they do with the pitching or like talking guys that have been here. The philosophy of pitching is basically the same everywhere. I feel like like get ahead. But it's just something that they do different, like the confidence that they like 
still in the actual picture. Yeah. Mm. It's huge. Like, it's very hard to grasp. I, like, I get it. <laughs> you, do, you do now. I mean, yeah, I get it. But if someone told you like a, a month ago, you're like, oh, I'm confident. <laughs> I wasn't confident a month ago. I got fired for the first time in my life. Uh, well, there you go. You laid in a good spot. So. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.